0: Welcome to the Pit Stop Power Hour, presented by Race ninety two, where we bring you up to speed on everything that is anything in the motorsports universe. What's up, guys? Hey, how's not so much.
1: How's it going?
0: How was you guys this weekend? Did you do anything fun?
1: Well, apparently my weekend was better than your weekend, based on the fact that your finger is like,
0: yeah, you twitching or shaking or you got something. A broken finger? What'd you do? Okay, so I may or may not have broken my hand. The jury's still out on that. Your hand or your finger or both. Uh, my hand this time. Um, so I was playing some, uh, some video games, and there's this one level I couldn't get past.
2: <laughs> so this was a <laughs> video game accident.
0: He pun- I'm
1: guessing he punched a wall, sounds like. He punched something.
0: We're, yeah, we're getting there. So there's this one level. I tried it like a hundred times. I could not get past it. That level. And I kept dying every single time. And I got really mad, and in a fit of rage, I almost took my controller and threw it at the TV, and all of a sudden, my brain was like, you know what? I'm going to put the controller down and try to just use up this energy, and you know how drivers, when they're mad, get out of the car, they're just, like, throwing their arms around and stuff?
1: Or flashing the double birds?
0: Well, I just started throwing my arms around, and I didn't realize I was as close to the wall next to my bed as I was, and I had no, just kind of the, "oh shucks, like, sideways, like... You know how you kind of pump your arm sideways when you're mad? had no intention of hitting the wall, but my arm had other ideas.
2: So you punched a wall and broke I your pun- finger.
0: <laughs> I punched a wall, and, and so <coughs> my hand, for one, is swollen, But so I, I don't know if it's broken or just swollen. Yeah, or that's sore. Actually it's, swollen. it's swollen. So The only thing I know, and I don't know if this is because of the swelling, but I no longer have knuckles on my right ring or pinky fingers and there's two new bumps on the back of my hand behind those fingers, so I can't decide. Schrodinger's hurt hand, <laughs> <it's> <laughs> until I get it checked out by a doctor, it's both broken and not broken at the same time.
2: And are you going to go to the doctor? No,
0: because I still have full movement, full feeling, and uh, it's you even all, know we're twitching. my hand is all the same color. The only thing that is indicative that there might be something going on is my ring finger if I like, wave my hand. I don't know if the camera will pick it up, but it kind of flops around a little bit. But it's starting to feel better, so I well, think I think I'm good. <laughs> well,
1: I don't think you're going to be putting a ring on that finger anytime soon,
0: so you're probably okay on well, that my department. Well, right hand, so no. Um, <laughs> um, so that was my weekend. Did you guys? Have anything exciting happened to you over the weekend?
2: You know, no matter what I had happened, I don't think it's going to top that story. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> should we so, just jump into the podcast? Uh, yes, please. <laughs> Let's.
0: All right. So I am your host Jacob Smith, and then to my right is your co-host Calvin Veen, and then to my left is your other co-host, the one, the only <laughs> Aaron Mackesy. So, you guys, want to just jump into some news for you? Really get into it. I think. uh, This episode is being recorded on Monday, Tuesday, Tuesday, January 26th, which is the week before the 25 hours of Daytona. So we're going to get into that. But first, uh, let's uh, quick news from the past week since the last episode. Uh, Not one, but two Supercross rounds have occurred. Uh, The second Houston round was on Tuesday night, and the third Houston round was Saturday night. So I'll go ahead and start with the second Houston on Tuesday night. Uh, just really quick, uh, in the 450 class, uh, Eli Tomac wins, so good for him. Uh, it was a pretty clean win for him. He did a good job bouncing back from a not-so-great uh, first-round win, or not win, but <coughs> loss, like, outside of the top ten. And then um, I think the biggest kind of controversy from that night was uh, Ken Roxon, and Jay Sanderson, Martin Davalos, and Vince Freese were all penalized for jumping when the Red Cross flag was out, which basically means there's a rider down, so they have to attend to him. Um, in definitely Ken Rockson was most vocal, I would say, saying that he could not see the red cross flag. And so I, so they got penalized cause they did break the rules, but at the same time, I think the AMA should look at where they place their flaggers on the track. Cause if you can't see the flaggers and I mean, come on guys. <laughs> like,
2: well, yeah, that's, I mean, that's still always been a problem in motorsports. Yeah. We saw it. And we talked about last week on our podcast with Elio and Paul Tracy at the 2002 Indy 500 of who saw the lights and when, and even was it Monza this year where Pierre Gasly won because Lewis Hamilton didn't see a yellow flag on the pit entry and lost the race, essentially. Exactly. That happens, and I don't know how you fix it, though.
0: uh, Well, the AMA is notorious for things like this, and they seem to have a good way of just flat-out ignoring them and blaming the riders, too, so... um, I, I do kind of side with Roxon here. This is not the first time that riders have had issues seeing flags, and it s- seems to never be addressed, at least officially. And so that was kind of the biggest situation. Um, everything else, the racing has been really close this year. Uh, I'd say closest it's ever been. Uh, the way these tracks have been, they're very fast. Uh, the lap times are very close together, so it could really be anyone's race. So then going into round three on Saturday... Um, there was an insane battle between Ken Roxon and Cooper Webb on the last lap. Uh, Cooper Webb was starting to close in on Roxon, and Roxon was in the lead until a lapped rider, uh, Dean Wilson, uh, kind of slowed him up, uh, it, which allowed Webb to pass him with only a few turns left, so it was a really close finish, especially for uh, Supercross standards. Um, but despite losing the race, uh, Ken Roxon still secured the points lead going into the next round. And uh, that, that whole situation itself actually kind of caused even more controversy in the Supercross series. Um, a lot of people were pretty upset about Dean Wilson kind of holding up Ken Roxon. And, uh, and Dean Wilson has also issued an apology. He, he just didn't realize Ken Roxon was behind him. So they're kind of settling it now, um, kind of apologizing. And uh, Ken Roxon was obviously upset because it cost him the win. But again, I still wonder if that's an issue where Dean Wilson did not see the blue flags that he should have seen. Yeah. So there, there could be a trend starting up here about where how they, wanna, how they need to officiate these races and look at ways to improve that. Um, that's pretty much all I got for uh, Supercross, at least in the 450 class. Uh, I ha- we haven't had a chance with this episode to cover as much in the 250 class. I wouldn't say a whole lot happened outside of the usual. Um, Colt Nichols got his first win of the season so that was pretty interesting and then uh round three uh Jet Lawrence did a blatant takeout move on Michael Moseman in fact if going into a turn if Michael Moseman wasn't there to like stop Jet Lawrence I don't know what row up in the grandstands <laughs> Jet Lawrence would have landed ran into or landed into um so I, that's that was a little over the top i think it was a little too aggressive
2: i mean i know this is you know two wheel racing but when uh, you're learning how to drive isn't the first lesson having eight brakes is better than four
0: some no i no i think jet lawrence was legit going after michael moseman trying to take him out that's what it looked like to me on the okay. camera so if michael was moseman wasn't there to stop him i jet lawrence like the speed he was going into that turn uh as I said, he would have landed in the grandstands. He wouldn't have even stayed on the track at that point. So, but that's Supercross news. So I guess we should move on to some more pertinent stuff to IndyCar that everyone cares about. <laughs> everyone, yeah. everyone cares about Supercross. What are you talking about, Aaron? <laughs> <laughs> All right, but let's let's get into the next subject. How about? Yeah, it's, it.
2: yeah, it's a subject we teased on the podcast when it was just a rumor a couple weeks ago. I think we talked about it, but
1: and I, and I I joked about it as if, oh, this isn't going to happen. And I we and spoke too didn't soon. Think
2: it happens? Well, well it still
1: hasn't totally happened, but it looks more obvious.
2: Seems very official. NBC <clears throat> Sports Network, the TV home of motorsports in America, is going away. Well, what do you guys think?
0: I don't like it. No. The, I mean, that's the first impression I have.
1: The motorsports of how we know it, of being able to watch it on TV, on cable TV, may sadly um, be going away.
2: Will it, though? I mean, there's the fear. Yes. I mean, I, I see mean, it written here. You guys said that it could go to Peacock, the NBC streaming service. And that's a yeah.
1: rumor, and I, I think that's... It's hard for me to think that they wouldn't have the race, at least the races themselves on cable TV, yep. but... We're we're in twenty twenty one now, and you just don't know the direction of how different things are going to go. We've seen a lot of changes last year, so yeah, it's hard telling. Wouldn't be surprised at anything at this point.
0: I will say this, guys: um, the only reason I have cable TV to begin with just is just so I can watch races. Yep, that's it. I mean, that's really it.
1: So if it goes to Peacock, would you
0: no longer have cable and get Peacock instead of cable? So, uh, to watch the Supercross races without commercials, I already have subscribed to Peacock for $5 a month. Well, there you go. Because they discontinued my NBC Gold. But because if everything is going to be on Peacock for $5 a month, like if I could pay $5 and get not just my dirt bike racing, but IndyCar, sports cars, NASCAR.
2: It becomes a good deal. Instead
1: again. of 100 bucks a month or whatever your cable is? 65
2: I'm, Yeah, I'm 65 for cable, and I'd probably still keep it just based on what I watch, but... If I get more beneficial racing for a small fee, because I've always been subscribed to the IndyCar Gold package on NBC Sports, and yeah,
0: we all were. I uh, what was that? Sixty bucks a year. It's sixty bucks a year. It's so it's not much. So different. five dollars a month that's sixty bucks a year. It's breaking. But in. that's sixty bucks a year to watch more than just IndyCar. Have more than just an IndyCar pass, but have a pass for all, you know, sports programming. Yep.
2: And the NBC streaming whatever too. So you get more. You know, like maybe so, I can finally watch The Office.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. So at first, on the surface, I was pretty upset. But then I realized I don't really watch anything else on cable. And I don't need to pay $65 a month if I only need to pay $5 or, or $10 a month to get the extra premium package to watch even more content.
2: And everybody's and, kind of freaking out about it, but we don't know really any facts yet. Nothing's right. been confirmed I mean, looking at where we are right now, there's talk of moving some of the motorsports properties to the USA networks, NASCAR, possibly IndyCar. And in terms of cable packages, the USA network is now available on more packages at a lower price than the NBC Sports Network currently is. So it's more accessible. It's the second biz- biggest cable network to ESPN.
0: Yeah. Well, that, so that kind of becomes more of my concern is... NBC has kind of made a push to be the motorsports destination. Yeah. But if different racing series start trying to go to other networks, say like ESPN or Fox, I can only pick one. I'm not going to, you know, I don't want to get to a point where you end up paying the same. Yeah. Just to get the few races you want to watch. So I think for right now, if NBC does remain focused on being the main motorsports provider, I actually think this could save me money because I don't think I need cable for my personal entertainment because I have YouTube for other non-racing videos.
2: And really, I mean, where it looks at right now, NBC's been a pretty good partner for IndyCar. Uh, Last year on Big NBC, IndyCar had the same number of races as NASCAR. And for the next year, it looks like IndyCar has nine races scheduled on network TV. So that's pretty substantial out of what our 20-race calendar you ever take COVID numbers?
0: Yeah, that's pretty good. So yeah. they're
2: being good to us. Like, I doubt they would throw all this momentum and effort away.
0: And honestly, I I think I, well, I already have, but I would pay $5 a month to see both or any of the races I want to see.
2: Well, That's how they get you. They've got us hooked. Uh, we're yeah. We're hooked. We're going to pay whatever it takes to watch our races. So wherever they want our money, they will put it.
0: But they're, well, the cool thing for me personally is they're, they're giving me an opportunity to cut the cord. Mm-hmm. You know, this is kind of, for me, I think this could be the straw that breaks the camel's back that is the excessive amounts of, I pay for one or two channels I would actually watch that I actually do watch on cable TV.
1: I think brands, you know, like IndyCar and other sporting um, sanctioning bodies, you know, develop a brand identity and they kind of reel in the consumer. And they have a very group, a very well, very large or very small group of devoted fans, and I think that very small devoted fan base, if if they tell them to jump, they're going to say how high.
2: Well, let me throw this one more uh, thought out here. If for some reason we do go behind a paywall on Peacock, what if by doing this we get our IndyGar races commercial free?
0: Uh, Supercross they, they do is already that now, com- don't they? Supercross NBC is sport? already commercial-free on Peacock.
2: So, uh, the,
0: the only thing I do not like about... I don't know what the $10 a month version would be like, but the $5 a month, um, it's live. You can't pause it or rewind it or even record it. At least I haven't figured... If they have that feature, I haven't figured out how to do it, at least with the Xbox that I stream it through. but They probably um, save it. I have like Discovery Plus, and you can go on there, and it's like well, on demand. I had NBC Gold, and it was very easy to use as far yeah. as mm-hmm. wanting to record stuff or go back and watch replays. So I could kind of. So that's still something I'm not sure. I, from what I can see right now, that's not an option for the five. At least for the five dollar a month Peacock, and and maybe I'm, should just stick my foot in my mouth. <laughs> You know, if there's just a way to do it and I haven't figured it out. <laughs> but, if if no, any of you know It's not how the to same p- as gold. Like gold you just like Netflix, you just press the button and it pauses or you just rewind it. Whereas I haven't I haven't seen anything any features like that so far.
2: If any of you uh listeners know how to pause peacock and want to teach Jacob how, <laughs> I will put his uh phone number in the description here for you to find.
0: Let's not.
1: <laughs> only business inquiries only. All the females <laughs> stick to the dating apps.
0: But um, so I I think that's the biggest uh setback so far. And I I had to go I have to go back and read the details cuz maybe the $10 a month is where you unlock those features. Either but way, I, I'm I don't know.
2: I'm willing to wait and see what happens. I'm not ready to throw a fit. Same yet. here.
0: I'm not ready to throw a fit. And honestly, uh Supercross is commercial free with fi- the $5 a month option. So if all of them go to that cuz I think one of my biggest complaints with IndyCar racing and they really and they've really started getting abusive with this is the Goddamn commercials! commercials? There's so many. The most critical parts of the races too, because they save them for all, like all of them for the very end. You got NBC Sports though, gold. I mean, and then they have no commercials. Well, not when I'm visiting my parents over the weekend, and I'm gonna watch the race. cable TV.
2: I'm gonna put the race. I thought they were. I'm gonna watch on Big NBC or whatever on my TV. I'm not gonna go. Remember
1: ESPN side by
0: side.
2: They still do They, they still do oh, that. They, they do that, and then they come back, and then they go to a commercial break.
0: Yeah, it's the worst. So if this is a, a more, at least, you know, more affordable even option to not have to deal with that. Shut up and take so my money. I,
2: I will pay more to watch less commercials. I've been spoiled with Formula One and uh, the Mother's Polish coverage. So no commercial breaks. Ad-free is the way to be.
0: Yep, so this... I, I'm Isn't actually. So at first, I was a little uh, pretty skeptical, but I, I'm actually kind of curious to see how this kind of turns out, and hopefully, hopefully, this is a, a better option for us race fans in the long run.
2: Uh, I think certainly there's a light at the end of the tunnel, regardless of what this might look dark right now. It'll be good as we go forward here.
1: All right, other news. It looks like James Hinscliff was officially announced as a driver the number 29 Genesis back entry for Andretti Autosport.
2: So this is the uh, biggest secret in motorsports. None of us saw this coming. Yeah, a little bit of sarcasm there. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I mean, Hinch raced, what, six races for the team last year?
1: Right. Did better than some of his teammates? And probably the only thing that people probably didn't know was what exact and car he was going to be in. And at that point, does it really matter?
2: No. It's interesting they are... Looks like they're only running four full-time cars this year instead of the five we had last year. So mm-hmm. it'll be Hinch along with Colton Herta, Ryan Hunter-Reay, Alexander Rossi, and we got Marco for the 500. So and
0: maybe some other races too. So they're running four and a half cars next year.
2: Yep. So I mean, it's well,
0: yep.
1: what makes you wonder if the crew is going to be part-time or if they're going to have like the they're going to if they're going impl- to use them somewhere else.
2: I think with a team as big as Andretti, they've got enough places they can move their crew. Right, that's between good. their Indy Lights, their what the Rallycross, the I don't think IMSA they're program. It. They're invested in a lot of things, Formula E. So, yeah. they can find competent crew even if they're not on. Indy Are they in
1: the Extreme time. Series too? I don't believe they're in the Extreme. That's e. Ganassi, I think.
2: Yeah. So, it's interesting, but we'll see. I'm good to see James Hinchcliffe, Hinchcliffe back in a car.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, uh, I think he's easily a fan favorite, too. So, um, yeah, I think it, I, I don't think there's a single person uh, that's upset by the news of no. James Clint, Hinchcliffe coming back full time. No. Except maybe my uncle. Maybe who, Zach Veach. My uncle. Well, <laughs> Zach Veach, too. Um, okay. <laughs> My, my uncle's a huge Ed Carpenter fan, and he'll never forgive Hinchcliffe for taking him out in the 500 that one year. <laughs> but everyone else, besides my uncle and Zach Veach, I think are okay with these with this news.
2: Yep. I don't see many complaints. He's entertaining. He's a good racer. He certainly deserves to be there. So, Well, should we jump into uh, our main segment here for the night? Yeah, I think there's
0: only really one big thing that we can cover this yep. week.
2: And if we want to cover it, we want to
1: be a real racing podcast. It is
0: race season, guys. It It has begun. The Daytona 24 preview from the perspective of the Pit Stop Power Hour presented (laughs) by Race 92. It's here. It's finally here, guys. The 24 Hours of Daytona. Arguably the kickoff to the four-wheeled racing season. I'm pumped. So (laughs) let's discuss some of the biggest highlights going into this year's race.
2: Yeah, let's uh, cover it up. There's been a lot of team changes, a lot of driver changes. Um, So to overview it as much as I can, Team Penske is not competing this year. The two Acuras that were being driven under the Penske banner, one Acura is now Wayne Taylor with the drivers such as Alex Rossi, Elio moving over. And then the other one went to Michael Shank racing with, I think, Dane Cameron. Juan Pablo Montoya, Montoya, yep. Olivier Pla and AJ Allmendinger, yep. Allmendinger's always been a shank driver, so yeah. He didn't move. Dane Cameron moved over with one of the Acuras. Ricky Taylor is back at his dad's team now, and then the Cadillac that was the race-winning car with Wayne Taylor last year it has gone to Chip Ganassi, along with uh, Scott Dixon and Renger van der So, winning drivers, winning car, moving teams.
0: Um, Yeah, that and, uh, I guess, uh, maybe not as big a news. Uh, WeatherTech is kind of upping their game. They're moving from sponsorship from the GT Daytona class to the GT LM Porsche team. So that's kind of a newer thing, um, at least for the GT classes. Uh, That's probably the biggest news, at least. The ones that made the biggest headlines was just WeatherTech uh, increasing their support by... Uh, moving up to the gtlm class
2: certainly moving up but in the gt class has been a lot of teams over the season that have folded they're here for daytona but if i'm not mistaken for most of the regular imsa series corvette is one of all their only teams competing or one of very few teams competing And
1: something important to mention about corvette is um jordan taylor is now part of the number three car you switch cars he well he, he's part of the Corvette team because last year he last year he was still with his dad wasn't he or was yeah. he still in the Corvette car? He's been in
2: the Corvette for a couple of years now.
1: Okay, I'm I'm a little behind on the news. Yep,
2: he's been with Corvette for a couple of years now. So, but yeah, I think uh, one that
0: I I'm pretty sure is the BMW team that's only doing Daytona. Yeah, they're a pretty big factor in previous years as far as a uh, full time team. So, it's kind of a bummer, but at least for the Daytona 24, we have a pretty stacked field this year. I'm pretty sure it's a lot bigger even than last year's field. There's, I think, f- oh, yeah.
2: 50 cars or uh, 49 because one pulled out due to COVID concerns. But
0: Yes, uh, the team owner, I believe, tested positive.
2: Got to be safe. Wear your masks, everybody. So 49 cars is That's still incredible. And there
1: was a stat of how many former F1 drivers were in it, and I forget the number, but it was like seven or eight.
2: F1 winners or drivers? Drivers. Drivers, okay. So Maybe
1: we- closer to 10.
2: Maybe we can talk through some of the uh, notable drivers within all these teams here. And well, I,
0: so before we get into that, let's, let's start with what happened this past weekend, the Roar at the 24. So this is the first time they're doing this format this year.
2: And by that format, you mean the qualifying race determined starting positions for the Rolex 24. <laughs> yes, yes, so okay. what's
0: your initial impression?
1: It's just to add a little more excitement to the whole thing.
0: It's a very NASCAR thing because they do the same thing it for is. the Daytona oh, it's, 24. It's,
2: it's gimmicky, sure, but, I mean, as they, a race fan, I will always take another race.
1: Yeah. It's to build it I up. Mean, yeah. When did they make this announcement they were going to do it like this? It
2: was pretty late in the year last so year. So this
1: I was triggered by COVID some I, they, way, had, shape, they or form. They compressed
2: the schedule for sure because originally the roar of the practice was... Very early January, like mm-hmm. right into the new year. Right, and they had a couple weeks to go back and prepare and clean up. This year, it has been nonstop. You, they showed up Wednesday, I think they flew in to be on track Thursday or Friday, and they had the race this weekend to qualify. And I will be honest, I am not hundred percent sure on what the schedule looks like for this week, but I assume more practice and
0: yeah, pretty much. Um, so what I had seen, uh, they they had a qualifying on Friday, so you had to qualify to qualify the race. How many times do you have to qualify to get into this race or to determine your starting position in this race? That, to me, was a little confusing. and I think a lot of people uh, express that kind of sentiment.
2: Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that is confusing to say I'm qualifying for a qualifying race. Maybe you just set the lineup for the qualifying race based on your practice times or random draw if you're going to have gimmicks, you might as well make it fun.
0: Random draw would be good. Uh, do, you, do you guys remember, this is off topic, but the Twex... The, 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 the Twexus. The Texas doubleheader. <laughs> the I was Texas just going to say... The Texas doubleheader where they turn the tires Get all the drivers and, to go up there and turn some tires around. And, and the I believe the points leader at the time, Fran Keady, conveniently got the last starting position.
2: And his rival willpower was like six or something.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I mean, come on. If you guys want to kind of zhuzh it up a little bit outside of your typical race... Do something
2: absolutely insane like that. While we're at it, why don't we do the classic Le Mans start and have all the drivers run across the track? Oh, yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> why not?
0: You
1: have the flag <laughs> staying in the track, too.
0: And let's also turn half the field the other direction so they have to dodge each other <laughs> throughout the track.
1: Remember that Tony Stewart interview?
0: <laughs>
2: yep. That's what I'm referencing right <laughs> now. <laughs> Prototypes will go, one way GT cars will take the oval. So, yeah, I think um,
0: I think the sports car, like... Like, I, I'm not used to that because we don't have anything like, like last time it happened in Indycar, people were kind of like, what?
2: It's not traditional, but we need to do things to keep new fans engaged and make it exciting for those that might have tuned on TV. This was another televised event for IMSA that in years past wouldn't exist.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's given us an additional topic to talk about too. Yeah. Amongst all of the fans. So I don't, I don't think it's necessarily
2: a bad thing. Um, and the thing is, too, qualifying for a 24-hour race almost doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, Especially
1: qualifying to qualify for a 24-hour so race. So is it,
2: is it worth the extra strain on the equipment?
0: Or racing to qualify. And, and the added risk of crashing, which mm. did happen
2: Actually, for I mean, some cars. Some cars are certainly cars. the crash, the risk you want. You, don't, you never want to crash.
0: I believe there is even some cars that didn't even participate. They're just We'll just start at the back of our class. Yeah.
2: yeah. But for teams like uh, Ganassi, they showed pretty strong in the qualifying race. Oh, yeah. Didn't finish as well as they wanted to, maybe. But for me, I would call that a good warm-up to get the drivers working together, learning how to change positions well, get your pit crew warmed up and doing live pit stops again. So I think that gives you a little bit more to it. So... I think there is some benefit in being that warm up. That's why, you know, you watch before the Indy five hundred, the extra cars might run the Grand Prix or an extra race just to get everybody back in the groove before the big one.
0: Yeah. Well and, and given the timing, uh there's no other outside of dirt bike racing, there's really no other racing going on. So it gives you another race to tune into. Yeah. So uh it'll be interesting to see how if they do it again next year. Um and we'll we'll all kind of get used to it over over time if they keep doing it like that. Um, but it's a very NASCAR thing. So, like me, is more of an IndyCar follower. I'm not not as used to it. So, it, it'll be interesting to kind of see um, what not just fans but uh, teams and drivers' opinions are of it. Uh, and then the other big news with the war before the twenty four is. Um, Felipe Nasser's Cadillac was uh, did, did not pass tech inspection. So they are now at the back of the starting grid for the Daytona prototypes, um, which makes the Mazda car actually the pole winner, or starting on the pole for the 24 hours. So that's kind of interesting. Um, the one Mazda, you know, without any teammates or anything. They have a pretty good showing. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, I, I, I they're definitely my dark, dark horse pick, uh, for sure.
1: I don't think we're in that segment yet, Jacob. You got to save
0: that. <laughs> oh, yeah. You just wait, everyone. We're, we're yeah. getting there.
2: Same. Yeah. It's, has been good for Mazda. They've certainly come on well in the last couple of years. I know back when, you know, I won't say 10 years ago when we were in college watching the races here. Um, Mazda was never really the strongest in the 24-hour race. They focused more on the other races. That's
0: an understatement, Calvin. Mazda was having a really tough time trying to get up to speed.
2: And these last couple years, they've come along strong, coming really well. Zoom, zoom.
1: Zoom, zoom. Zoom,
0: zoom. Honestly, like years ago when we first saw Mazda, uh, and you told me that they were going to be starting on the pole. I'd say, I'd say stop smoking whatever it is you're smoking. I would have said,
2: zoom, zoom. They always had the speed. They just never had the durability. So, But they've kind of conquered that in the last years or two. They yeah. had a couple of wins, which were new to the program. and
1: Zoom, zoom.
0: So we have more than two manufacturers that could win this race. Yeah. We have three now. Yep. <laughs> Assuming all seven prototypes do not crash out or have mechanical issues. We almost saw that one here for the 24 Hours of Le Mans, which was insane.
1: You want to mention some of the notable drivers? Let's start with the DPI class.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So these are kind of the drivers that aren't your uh, full-time drivers typically. So I'll just kind of run down the list. So uh, Scott Dixon will be in the number one zero one 01 Chip Ganassi Cadillac. I
2: also want to point out his teammates on that car because you don't have them noted here. He's joined by Kevin Magnuson, who first race out of F1. Yep. Marcus Erickson, his Chip Ganassi IndyCar teammate. And I am now drawing a blank on who the last driver is. I've got it. Sorry, I'm failing here. <laughs> it happens to all of us. Ranger van der Zander, the defending race winner. I said yep. that earlier in the podcast. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, um, so uh, look for the Chip Ganassi Cadillac, number 01. Uh, definitely a pretty stacked driver lineup, to say the least. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have Sebastian Bourdais. And the number five Mustang sampling Cadillac.
2: I believe that is an all French driver lineup, if I'm not mistaken. So joining him are Tristan
0: Vautier, who has competed in the Indianapolis 500 in the past. Yep. And uh, Loic Duval. Yep, that's Um, it. Sometimes those French words and names can be uh, pretty hard to pronounce. So moving on down the line, we have Alexander Rossi and Alio Castroneves in the number 10 Wayne Taylor Acura. And that team, by the way, that car is the defending
2: champ. The car is the defending champ. Sorry, the team is. The car is not. Well, the number 10 car. The the number 10 won, but it was on the Cadillac. That is now at Ganassi. I think we've made that quite clear. I know, but it's a good (laughs) distinction.
0: Well, the number uh, 10 car, it takes a team and a team of drivers to to run a car. Well, the thing
2: is, all the drivers change, too.
0: How many times has a number 10 car been in Victory Lane the past five years? Or been very close if it's not there. Pretty much every year. And it's been multiple chassis and it's always there. Yep. But but uh, so uh, we have Alexander Rossi, Elio Castro Neves. Those are kind of the big, like, outside of the sports car world names. But we also have uh, Ricky Taylor, who is a very accomplished sports car driver in his own right. And then Felipe Albuquerque rounding out that team. So I think that that's going to, I think that's, we'll talk about it later, but it'll be interesting to see what they do. And then we have uh, Chase Elliott, the number 31 Action Express. Well in engineering cadillac. Defending NASCAR champion. That's worth noting for <laughs> D- sure.
2: does he know there's right turns in this one?
1: I, I, I think th- he's figured it out. Okay. <laughs> I think we're I mean he figured out that he needed to drift in dirt at the Chili Bowl, so he's a great driver, I would Oh, worry. yeah.
0: Absolutely. And then moving on. I'm kind of jumping between driver lineups and, and and show notes here, but uh Jimmy Johnson and Simon Pajino Jimmy and Johnson, who's that guy? Action Express, I like how like, or even Simon Pag. You know,
2: Jimmy Johnson this rookie IndyCar driver that might make something of himself someday? Yeah, this
0: this, yep, he this is new a guy on the block. Uh, this is also a rookie sports car driver. I ah uh, no, I he's, think not. he's not. He, he's okay. done
2: Daytona. Was it ten years ago?
1: It's been a, over ten years ago. All right, so he's and not a rookie. Does, I think it was with Action Express, if I remember correctly. It was a Gainsco car. He might have it a couple times,
2: and he does have Kamui Kobayashi mm-hmm. the. I mean, at this point, he, he was one of the winning drivers on the car. He's a renowned year. sports car driver at this point. I think he's won Le Mans as well. Kobayashi
0: also, drove an F1 as well. Yeah, yeah I was about so. to say that too. So, I mean, again,
2: in terms of stacked driver lineup, that's another one to look at. Like this whole field is
0: oh stout. I'm getting pumped more. The more I look at the, you know, the more I just remind myself of, you know, who all is in this. And race. we can't
1: overlook the the last um, notable person you have there or team.
0: Juan Pablo Montoya, the greatest AJ driver in the um, world, and Digger. Yeah, uh, I can't really argue that's, against it. Uh, let's not get into that today, guys. Um, the number Mario 60 Andretti people, is. We're not getting into that today, Aaron. Okay. The number <laughs> Danica sixty, Danica Patrick. So they will be in the number sixty Meyer Shank Acura.
2: And which teammates do they have on that car? If you can refresh me here, let me find it really
0: quick as I jump.
1: Through Dan screens. Cameron, Olivier Pla. Juan Pablo Matoya, and A.J. Allmendinger.
0: That's what I thought. Thank you, Aaron. All right, so moving on. So that the DPI class, wow. <laughs> I but can't wait to see what happens. It doesn't stop happens.
2: there, though. This whole field is uh, pretty well stacked.
0: So shall we move on? Yes, please. LMP2, there's 10 cars total in the class. Uh, I just have a couple of notable names that are outside of the full-time sports car circuit. So we have Austin Dillon. And the number 51, RWR Eurasia. And help me with the pronunciation of this manufacturer, Ligier. Yeah, close enough. Ligier?
2: Yeah, it's probably better.
0: Ligier, Ligier. It's French. Ligier. There you go. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, obviously, accomplished NASCAR driver. Curious to see what he does in that car. Um, ben Hanley, the number 81, Dragon Speed Orica. I think I can. Sp- Pronounce that one. Um, ben Hanley, if I do recall, was the one that uh, bumped Fernando Alonso from the field. No, that was Kyle Car- Kaiser.
2: Ben Hanley, despite he, all odds, secured himself yeah. in the field, so he was not in danger of being so, bumped.
0: Well, he he was one that they didn't think was going to make the field. Right. Right, and he was pretty because, safe. Because he he qualified what? as well as he did, it put Fernando Alonso on the bubble, essentially. He left
2: Fernando in the shootout. To see if he would
0: make the field. And then it was Kyle Kaiser that bumped Alonzo. Yeah. But if it wasn't for Ben Handley driving the car as well as he did, Alonzo would not have been on the bubble.
2: Nope. So we'll give a,
0: the rookie. Here's and this rookie. is
2: a something, I mean, Speed is a great sports car team, so this should be yeah. you know a very stout effort for them. So there, and then you have a noted Robert Kubica racing the number 20 high-class racing car. So, and
1: he's a ex-Formula 1 driver, I believe. He did rally, and that's where he got hurt really bad, a wasn't very it? Very
2: nasty accident that has left him, I'd say it almost severed his arm, so he basically drives one-handed now. And he came back into F1 after he that. He makes F1, and results were not what he wanted, but... Yeah, I but mean,
1: when you look at what he went through, and the fact that he was able to return absolutely. to one of the biggest motorsport I mean, stages in the world is very impressive, for sure.
2: Yeah, so... Good so th-
0: those are kind of some highlights from the LMP2 class. Sorry to cut you off, Calvin. Very amateur move of me. Um, so uh, are you guys ready to move on, on to, to LMP3? LMP3. LMP3? All right, moving on. Uh, we have Oliver Askew and Spencer Piggott in the number 74, Riley Motorsports, Ligier. Ligier? Ligier?
2: Maybe by the end of the show, you'll get it. Ligier? There you go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I, I'm fairly confident that is assuming they don't make any mistakes or have no mechanicals. I'm, I'm going to put my money on that car to win the LMP3 class.
2: Yeah, but I'm kind of excited for uh, the performance tech team. I think that one's interesting. So they have a veteran uh, sports car racer, 51-year-old Cameron Castles driving alongside three teenagers. You have 19-year-old Rasmus Lind, who's coming up the road to Indy, alongside oh. 16-year-old Ayrton Ori, who's coming up the, ra- the road to Indy, and then 16-year-old Matteo Lorena. So uh, uh, if you want to do some quick math, the average age on that car is not too high. Good and luck.
1: <laughs> and the LMP3 cars, I was looking at the the times a little bit. They're, they do about the
0: same speeds as the GT LM cars, correct?
2: Yep. They're intermixed or slightly faster than, yeah.
0: Depending on how good the driver is in either car, so, pretty much.
2: I mean, all of these kids are... Pretty well-respected drivers and coming up the road to India. Yeah, I'd be very Sina interesting to see how they do. They're on the big stage now with some uh, big-name drivers, but I don't expect them to be any, you know, issues. I'm curious to see how they do.
0: All right. Do you guys want to move on to the uh, GTLM class now? Sure. So I, I'd say the biggest takeaway um, that I have is, um, I, I just I'm curious to see which manufacturer wins this. Uh, there's a lot of experienced sports car drivers in this class. Uh, I'd say we no- noted him um, earlier in this episode, uh, Jordan Taylor and the Corvette. I believe they're looking to uh, defend their title, I think Corvette, their win from last did Corvette
2: year? get it last year? I honestly don't remember if it's on my head.
0: Well, let's not mention it in case we uh, say will something be, wrong.
1: I've learned when we say something that's not correct, we do get corrected usually on Facebook
2: or
0: something. Okay, let's say Corvette won last year, and you guys can just correct us.
2: Thank you to those that fact check Jacob on yeah. a regular basis. It's
1: actually me.
0: I think most of the time they're fact checking. So I do appreciate
1: it. Thank you so much. And I will make a statement Jacques Villeneuve, the uncle qualified for the, no, I don't want to get it wrong, 1984 Indy 500,
0: not 74. So thank you.
2: Well, that's why I didn't get the question right.
0: So I, I'd say, like, the biggest thing that I'm going to pay attention to for GTLM is I just want to see how. I just want to see the battle between Corvette Racing, the WeatherTech Porsche team, uh Ferrari, and BMW. That's yeah. I mean, I just I I don't know. We're g- we're going to find out. Going to be fun to watch for sure. And so, moving on Uh, to the gt daytona class there are 19 cars in this class that's a lot of cars that's pretty stacked
2: it's a lot of uh, slow cars for the prototypes we're weaving in and out of around the track
0: and this is not the biggest track in the world no they're they are not going to have a moment to relax they are always going to have lapped cars to work around
2: and lap cars are going to have to defend their positions with fast cars trying to get through them
0: so, yeah, what, so what's gonna what do you guys think would be harder, being in the fast car, just going around the lapped cars, or being in a GT Daytona car, trying to run your own race, but then also keep another set of eyes in the rearview mirror the whole time?
2: I mean, if we're driving one of the prototypes, I'm going to be wetting myself, trying to hold on and keep up with the speed. And if I'm driving one of the GT Daytonas, I'm still going to be wetting myself, and then I have to worry about one Pablo <laughs> Montoya coming up in my rearview mirror. <laughs> yeah, like
0: you know if you're trying to make a pass you can't you can't make that pass yet until you make sure that you're no one's going to try to trying to get around you as well i mean
2: that's the art of sports car racing right being able to navigate traffic and survive the 24 hours absolutely and be there to win at the end
0: before
1: i get fact check again it was 1986 8500 not 1985 Sorry, i just did a double negative there
2: we're uh on a Daytona 24-hour podcast. I know, <laughs> I know but, podcast. but I, I, I yeah, understand that. If you, want, if you want to join so this 24. podcast.
1: Someone was going to correct me again, so just throwing that out there. Okay. You can continue. Well, Thank we you. didn't
0: need to bring that up <laughs> for just did well, this to We're going to get back to our podcast here that we've been planning <laughs> right. on and talking about. Um, so I think one of my favorite things to see on, uh, when you watch it on TV is the in-car camera of a prototype. Just weave it in and out of all those GT cars. I think it's going to be even crazier this year than yep. it was last year, f- easily.
2: As long as it stays safe and, uh, you know, everybody can make the passes cleanly and no bad accidents. I think back to uh, was it Memo Rojas? Couple mm-hmm. years. Ago. Memo Gidley. I'm sorry. Yes. That was oh
0: yeah. Back when we were in college. That I, was I remember that one, ago. but that's
2: the case
1: of the high speeds and the slow cars, and, and that was actually an ex Indy car driver as well. He mm-hmm. never made the
0: 500, but he attempted to. But so those things always those scare me a little bit.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so yeah, it's going to be interesting. I, I do think though, overall this field, may, maybe I just recognize more of the names, but they yeah. seem a little more experienced in recent years. This is one maybe. of the better fields for sure. Yeah. So I don't. I mean, never say never. I, I but I I these guys are professionals. Yep. I think we're in good we're shape. in for a good race. And a few notable names I'd say in the GT Daytona class, if I can stop tripping over my words here. So some of the names that I noted um, that have had successful careers in other forms of racing, or at least made it to some of the higher levels, uh, we have Zach Veach, and Townsend Bell, and the number 12 Vassar Sullivan Bayshore Recycling Lexus. That's a mouthful there.
2: And if I'm not mistaken, they have Aaron Tielitz and uh, Jack Hawksworth as teammates is it in the same car and the sister car, if I'm not mistaken?
0: I believe so. I believe so, but I, now I have to jump back. So, those the are to uh, two sure. great
2: <laughs> drivers that were successful on the road to Indy. Jack Hawksworth making it to IndyCar. And uh, that's, that's a pretty stacked team in itself.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, so Jack Hawksworth is on the other car.
2: Yeah, the sister cars, that's what I thought.
0: So, um, and he's proven to be
1: a very, um, very fast sports car driver. He's a
2: great sports car driver. He was a great, you know, Formula car driver too. Just circumstances didn't seem to work in his favor.
0: And then we have uh, J.R. Hildebrand in the number forty-two NTE Sport Audi. Okay. And then Ed Jones and Ryan Briscoe on the number sixty-three Scuderia Corsa Ferrari. Um, that's probably my pick for the Daytona GT Daytona class. It's a fair pick. I feel like Ferrari, the Scuderia team, always has a strong showing, and then you get guys like Ed Jones and Ryan Briscoe. I come on, <laughs> come on. You know
2: those Vaster Sullivan cars will be hard to beat, though. Too.
0: Yes, but uh, I'll agree to this disc- uh, Scuderia course, I think. Well, huh? that's Should what we- racing's all about, guys. Should we put
2: some money on this one?
0: Yeah, so <laughs> kind of a hot take. Uh, we've been chomping oh, at the bit this whole yep. episode. It's. The hot take this week is going to be a little different. We dive deep into a subject and debate it, almost like a debate club. Sometimes it's a hypothetical what-if situation. Other times it's pertinent to real-world events in motorsports, and and this one is probably the most pertinent to a current event in motorsports than we've ever done on this podcast. Um, It's it's a little different because we're not going to come up with a singular answer this week like we have in the past. For
2: this one, I actually put the rule in that we cannot come up with the same answer. So for this week's hot take
0: is we each picked one car in the DPI class. And basically we're going to give our reasons as to why we think that car is going to win the 24 hours of Daytona this year. All, All right. right,
2: Jacob, who'd you pick? Yeah, Jacob, you go first.
0: So I picked number 10 Wayne Taylor racing. Konica Minolta entry. Minolta, Minolta, Minolta.
2: Konica Minolta. Yep. That's Konica the sponsor.
0: Minolta. Um, and, and this is my reasoning. Uh, Wayne Taylor Racing is always strong in Daytona. They're de- the defending champs, and I kind of wanted to get, to get into it earlier when we were talking about some of the changes to the manufacturers, but Wayne Taylor Racing is strong no matter what car they're in. Uh, they were strong. They were winning races back in the old Daytona prototypes, you know, the bigger-looking ones. Yep. I don't know what you call
2: it. I don't know. It was back in the Grand Am days.
0: Yeah, the Grand Am Daytona prototypes. I guess that's, yeah, that's the best way to put it. And then when they moved to these newer ones, they still win. I mean, they're good. And they have a star-studded uh, driver lineup. Ricky Taylor is no rookie to winning the 24 Hours of Daytona. Uh, Alio yeah. castro Nevis didn't he win the championship last year for Penske?
2: Yep, they won the team championship. Was it Leo? I know Penske got it. He he was on that team. Either,
0: even if it was a sister car, he was a part of the same program. Yep. Uh, Alexander Rossi, he's good in anything you put him in. Oh, absolutely. And then Felipe Albuquerque, he, he's going to do really well, too. Um. So you have a really star-studded driver lineup. Uh, they're starting fifth, but I don't think your starting position really matters in a 24-hour race. So, yeah, uh, Wayne Taylor Racing, they've won this race a lot. They know how to win this race. Some of the most spectacular finishes in the past have been Wayne Taylor racing, barely holding off the competition. And even, like, one year, uh, didn't they come up from behind and win, like, within the past, within the past like, half hour of the race? Yes,
2: last year they had a pretty good yeah. come-from-behind moment.
0: So they are always going to be strong in 24 hours of Daytona. Uh, as I mentioned, uh, the strong driver lineup... But also, uh, Team Penske won the championship last year with the Acuras, and now Wayne Taylor has an Acura.
2: See, those are great facts, but I'm going to tell you why you're wrong about all of those. Because the winning team is going to be the Chip Ganassi car, the Cadillac, which they had taken over from Wayne Taylor Racing, the very Cadillac that won the race last year and has proven strong with Wayne Taylor Racing in the past several years. Ganassi has the race-winning driver lineup from last year of Scott Dixon and Ranger van der Zander. They also have Kevin Magnuson and Marcus Erickson, who are very talented drivers. Uh, Michael and the rest of the Chip Ganassi team are very good strategists. I don't see them making a mistake. They're 7th uh, place position in the roar before the 24, the qualifying race. Maybe not as good as we'd like, but as we've established, qualifying doesn't really matter for a 24-hour race. And they seemed a lot stronger in the race than the results showed, so that is why the Ganassi team is my pick. They just
0: haven't been as strong
2: as Wayne Tilly Racing, though. They weren't there last year, and before that, they were running the LeMans car.
0: They were not here last year.
2: You know, a guy named Scott Pruitt had no success with Ganassi, though. So
0: that is he had true. Had success in other teams, though, too. Well, I hate to tell to, to crash your guys'
1: party, but um, neither one of those teams is going to win. and Engineering Racing Team is going to win. Why? That's an interesting pick, Aaron. Well, you, you remember the 2019 24-Hours um, at Daytona? Vaguely. Who won that?
2: Um, I'm going to guess it's a Zuelan team based on the way you're talking. No, about. it was Fernando Alonso's oh, okay. team. It was the number <laughs> 10. <laughs> you, you, but, said, you set me up for failure but. There. But. <laughs> Wait, wait, wait. Did you just say Fernando Alonso in the number
0: 10 card? It was
1: number 10 Wouldn't Wayne that, Taylor Racing. That, that uh, I, that, oh, but, yeah. but no, hold on. You're not getting further. You don't know where I'm getting with this. In the, the Cadillac. Stop. In the Cadillac. You don't know where I'm getting with this. <laughs> Philippe Nasser was leading the race, and he spun out because he had a little extra pressure from a two time F1 World Champion. So you're saying you.
2: he cracked under pressure? Yes. From the Wayne Taylor. But
1: Fernando Alonso wasn't in the race this year. So. I'm, I'm gonna have I'm gonna have a little bit more faith restored in him and that team, and say that you know I think um, I think they can get it done, and yeah, I think
0: isn't this Chase Elliott's first ever uh, sports car race? And they also Daytona were the 24?
1: fastest in the roar before the 24. So you got to give him some credit there. So
2: you've got Chase Elliott,
1: the yeah, NASCAR champion. Tech, ins-
2: tech inspection.
1: He won NASCAR, so he's going to win the twenty four. at le- Daytona. It's all
2: left turns. This is not the Daytona oval. I don't know if he knows that yet. He won. He He'll, still won at least road do, course races. Part of the track. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Aaron, I will at least say you're right that a Cadillac will win the race. Now, I think the
0: Acura program is. I think Acura is going to outlast the Cadillacs. I mean,
1: I get it. It's very hard not to pick the Wayne Taylor Racing team when you look at how many races,
0: how many 24 Hours of Daytona they won in the past five. They years. They won the 2019 and the 2020 yeah. Daytona 24. They are steamrolling into this and there is nothing slowing them down at
2: this if point. i was allowed
1: to pick Ex- them i probably would have
2: oh okay so i think aaron just switched teams here just <laughs> said so you're not allowed to pick the same team so i guess that's what aaron gets for coming to the show late and uh, <laughs> prepping late
0: but to your point aaron there was a point in time when felipe nasser was leading the race yeah so and maybe, he spun out but he, but he could have learned could've. he could have so th- we'll see He's got two years of experience. I may be
2: right. You know who doesn't crack under right pressure, though? Right. Scott
0: Dixon.
1: Juan Pablo Montoya. Have we, did we even mention the car he was in? The Iceman, Scott Dixon.
2: It was not one of our picks. We did talk that, uh, yeah, Montoya is in mm-hmm. the Meyer Shank Acura. But, uh, Never
0: rule out Montoya. You can't even you can't rule out Elio Castroneves or Alexander Rossi, though, either. How many? Uh, or the tail? Hold on. i got to look at my. There okay. it goes again.
2: Out of all those uh, championships that Elio got, he finally got the sports car championship? Yeah, he's
0: coming in with a lot of momentum.
2: He's finally peaking in his career. Is that what you're saying?
0: Peaking, but he's still on the peak if he is. Um, So quickly recap uh, what we were talking about. Uh, I'm (coughs) going with the Wayne Taylor car. I don't know how you can not. They are clearly the best team. That's easy. Daytona 24 hours of Daytona.
2: Because the best car and the best drivers have migrated to Ganassi and away from the Wayne Taylor team. And uh, Aaron's picking a they pick out good of left field. For
0: Wayne Taylor,
1: <laughs> I like to come out of left field. So there's your left field pick. Well, it was. It was it's not. They, they were close close out of
2: 20, left field they were though. Close so they've been, been there. there. They were really close, and, in and 20 it's 20 a ahead. Cadillac. It's a Cadillac, and they were fast in the qualifying I, race. I, I think I
0: Acura's got it together now. I think that Acura is going to be a serious threat for. Okay, any, I'm going to wrap. Cadillacs.
1: I'm going to wrap this little
0: discussion up before we get any more out of hand. So, well, those are our three picks. Wayne Taylor Racing. Chip Ganassi, Whale well and Engineering. Those are our top three picks.
2: If you disagree with us or agree with us, maybe let a, us know. Maybe a comment would be appreciated on your uh, on the YouTube video, on the podcast subscriptions, wherever you're listening, watching. We appreciate it. Awesome. And tell Jacob he's wrong.
0: <laughs> I I'm the opposite of wrong. I am very right on this. Do you page.
2: know what time it is?
0: What time is it, Aaron? It's 5. time for the
1: pit stop challenge. <laughs>
0: That's an annoying sound.
1: The average IndyCar pit stop takes around 10 seconds. But anyway, we have three questions, potentially three questions. Well, technically two questions, potentially three. And technically you have 10 seconds to answer each one. Best two out of three wins. Who's winning right
0: now? I'm pretty sure I'm undefeated. I am 3-0.
2: This may be Calvin's night. I'm about to
0: be 4-0.
2: If the answer is Danica, I got a shot.
1: We'll see. First question.
0: Who was the
1: third woman to drive in the Indy 500? Stanica. Stanica.
0: Lynn St. James. Sarah Fisher. Jacob Smith. A trick
2: question. I don't like it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Calvin, you got to start reading. <laughs> uh, I'm okay. Who was
1: the last driver to win both the pole and the race for the Indy 500?
0: Simon Pagenaud. Calvin, you're just struggling.
1: You are struggling. Jacob Smith is just one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Again.
0: Oh yeah. Well, S- sorry, Calvin.
2: I told you what to make the answer. You put a trick question in. I think you asked the question wrong. <laughs> I think that's the problem.
0: Did you have a third force just in case we needed a tiebreaker? Yeah, I do. What, what is it?
2: Who won the poll
1: for the nineteen eleven Indy five hundred? Danica.
0: Technically, they did not win the poll because it was a draw. Here we go. <laughs> Here we go. As far as who it was, technically, it was Carl Fisher and the pace car was actually a part of the field. It was Louis String. Yeah, see, I would not have got that one. Calvin might have. Calvin's been on a roll with these.
2: Yep, I am. So far, my streak is unbroken. <laughs>
0: That's true. Neither is mine. I wish the camera was working because I wish you guys could see the look on Calvin's face right now.
2: It's a, uh, you know, beaming <laughs> smile as you would expect. <laughs> well, I think um,
1: we're about ready to wrap this thing up. Yeah,
0: we're
2: we're we're at that time. Make of the a couple show. Of quick
1: announcements, real quick. Remember, check out Race ninety two for all your racing um, vintage apparel needs. We have some. We have four. Twenty four hours a day. Sorry, we have four. Sports car search for a race that's coming up here in the next couple of weeks, inspired by 24 Hours at Daytona. There's three David Land shirts. There's one exclusive Race 92 shirt. We have a special podcast code.
2: We do. Use the code PODCAST10, and Aaron and Jacob will give you 10% off of your order. And, wait, there's more. There's more?
1: Watch David Land's YouTube channel for another
2: additional 10% off for a code. Well, you guys are giving away all your profits. It's kind of generous of you.
0: We're we're very generous people, Calvin. Okay. But check out David Land if you want to get another promo code. And uh and if you're listening to this podcast, uh you unfortunately you missed the window for getting your uh De- Daytona 24 inspired shirt. <laughs> but you always have the 12 uh, 24 hours of Le Mans coming up. Yep. So um also, if you want to write into the show, maybe you have your own hot take. Maybe you, you want us to cover a certain topic. Uh, where can you get a hold of us?
1: Oh, that's Aaron? a question for me. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Aaron, that is. <laughs> well,
1: you can send, send us comments on YouTube. Um, we have an email, pitstoppowerhourgmail.com. Send us a message on Instagram. Send us a message on Facebook. There's, tweet at us. at What's, what's our Twitter handle? Race92racing. What's our Instagram handle? Race92Racing. What's our Facebook handle? Race92Racing. Race very racing. easy to find. So <laughs> check us out on social media. Send us a message.
0: Yeah, so if you have any ideas, topics you want us to discuss. Or if you want to e-
2: tell Jacob why his pick for the Daytona 24-hour race is wrong.
0: Even, even that. If it's compelling enough, uh, we'll bring it up on the show and give you a shout-out. So, well, guys... I think that wraps up this week for the Pit Stop Power Hour presented by Race 92. If you like the show, please rate and subscribe. And if you didn't, well, let's just pretend this never happened. Sound good? Like a bad tender date? Exactly, Aaron. (laughs) For the rest of you, we'll see you next week.